Welcome to Commedia del Cinema, the podcast that covers cinema's most iconic or otherwise notable comedy feature films. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Wold. I'm your other host, Emily Walborn. <laughs> I knew you'd, you'd leap on that pause. Um, today, we Don't are... Did you forget your last name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I going into it new this is gonna sound strange for some reason oh, it, did. it did um today we are covering one of the only r-rated romantic comedies to come out in theaters in recent years anyone but you starring sydney sweetie and glenn powell glenn top gun powell and sydney euphoria scream sweetie sydney <laughs> euphoria screaming <laughs> Oh, she's just my favorite new actress. She was great in reality. Oh, I knew you'd pounce on that. <laughs> oh, we're silly today. But that's fitting because today's film is very silly. It is. It's a classic enemies to lovers rom-com. Based on Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah. By the great Shakespeare. Bill. <laughs> comma Bill. That's so true. His name is Bill Shakespeare, and he wrote a lot of great stuff. <laughs> um, this movie, you've probably heard about it recently, but it's a kind of an interesting case because it was set to come out, but the buzz was pretty uniformly uh, shaky from the industry. A lot of... Mm. The studio and sort of the trade publications projecting that it would kind of come and go. Yeah. No one would really see it. And then maybe a few months later when it pops up on Netflix, people will watch it. But despite opening really low uh, at about $6 million, the movie just had its sixth weekend. And that was its first weekend below its original Weekend? This weekend. Yes, most recently, which means for weekends one, two, three, four, five, it was essentially an up, going uphill, mm-hmm. um, which is just unheard of for any movie and kind of means this has somehow become a f- mini phenomenon. Yeah. Doesn't really happen anymore. No. Hey, and it's great. <laughs> and I think it's okay. It's a four and a half out of five for me. It's a solid three for me. I, <laughs> I do enjoy it. Um, there's not a lot about the development, but what could you no. find? If well, any- what I thought was kind of interesting in looking up that it was, I mean, it's pretty obvious it's so much to do about nothing mm-hmm. adaptation, if only for the sh- quotes from what you do about nothing that sprinkled the film. Yeah. Um, but I like the way they do that. I mm-hmm. think that's kind of fun. But I was surprised to see there really, this was kind of the only, adap- that was, this was one of the only adaptations, film adaptations. Much Ado. Hmm. Which I thought was actually quite interesting, considering most of his things have been adapted to death. Well, and adapted in a somewhat similar way as to this. I feel like it's often done with teen kind of mm. things, but it can just be rom-com in general. Yeah. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You. It, no. That's Taming of the Shrew. Oh. What are the Shakespeare ones? 
Um, she's the man. It's twelfth oh, night. Oh, yeah. Um, Taming of the Shrew is ten things I hate about you. Yeah. Shrew, you, it all connects. Um, yeah. I this think, is much to do about nothing. I think selfie um, is based on. Okay. No, selfie's based on Pygmalion. That's not Shakespeare. No. That's Shaw. Um, Maybe selfie's based on something else. No, you're right. Selfie yeah. is based on. Um, it's uh, also My Fair Lady. Pygmalion oh. is the same, but that is a TV, that's a TV show. It's yeah. Like Foster. No, sel- selfie is uh, Karen Gillan and John Cho. Oh, I thought Sutton Foster was in it. She was well. What oh, are she's her... younger. Karen no. Gillan. No. Karen Gillan's much younger than Sutton Foster. No, the show younger. Oh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah, and um, the and Bunheads. Bunheads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but enough about Sutton Foster. <laughs> she's not going to be on the show until next week. But was there anything else notable about development? Um, only thing I could really find was that Sydney Sweeney got bit by the spider in mm. one of the scenes where she pulls a big spider out of his pants. And then I thought it must be the first screen. I think it's the first screenplay credit by this writer who wrote on High School Musical, the musical, the series... And was a writer's assistant on another period. So kind of oh. first, I think, big credit. Yeah. kind of cool. I wonder if it was a spec that Maybe. made its way to... Because Will Gluck, who has basically rewriting credit on this and mm-hmm. then um, directed it, he sort of set up shop at Sony oh. for basically the past 15, 20 years, <laughs> pretty much since around the time of EZA, I think. So I wonder if this came his way, and then he rewrote it. But you know what? He's really good at rom-coms. He, I think he's good. Easy A, this one, uh, I, yeah. Peter Rabbit, Annie, <laughs> Friends with Benefits. Well, an Easy A has a similar sort of being inspired by. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a, a new twist on yeah, he doesn't have any writing credit on EZA, which, but I'm and I believe has full writing credit on Friends with Benefits, which is not great. Yeah, I think he's a good director, but is a bit for me perhaps happy to provide the audience with, mm-hmm. I think what the average audience member would expect, which I think helps when you don't get rom-coms in theaters at all make this one feel fresh but i wonder if we had a lot of them if this one would stand out in a year of say if we had 10 movies like this maybe not but the fact is we don't and i think that's probably why it's such a huge hit is too because it's been a long time since there's been an r-rated rom-com in theaters do you know what the last one was i can't even think uh let's see the last excluding because there are always indie movies that you could technically argue long shot long shot was 2019 um and that was maybe the last big attempt Mm -hmm. since then yeah it's been kind of relegated to netflix 
I think what works so well about this one, well, let's let's set up for those who haven't seen this sleeper hit. Uh, Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell meet at a coffee shop. Yeah, they have a meet cute and spend the day together, which turns into spending the night together. Um, Sydney Sweeney runs out on him in the morning, and but then realizes she didn't doesn't really know why she left so she comes back but he having been hurt by her leaving Mm -hmm. says some mean things to her to his friend which she overhears uh fast forward to a year later or months later they meet again um hate each other's guts uh but her sister is marrying his best friend his or something. Cousin? His cousin maybe or know. something. Um, they're getting married and they're gonna have to be in the at the wedding together in Australia mm-hmm. uh, and staying at the family home there. Uh, hijinks ensues such as mm, his ex is also there um, and he kind of wants her back. Her parents bring in her ex um Shout out to the Paxton Yoshida Hall super fans. Mm-hmm. Probably excited. I was excited to see him. Hey, I was excited I, to see him in Gran Turismo. Hey, yeah, we love we love Paxton. We I was excited to see him not playing uh trying to play a, a high school. Yeah. As a thirty three year old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he's surrounded by people that are about ten years younger yeah. than him. Um the they of course end up falling in love and uh he chases after her in a very romantic gesture in the end he does and they're together and then everyone sings a natasha bedingfield song i liked at that. the end Give which what was it also a natasha bedingfield song in eca with the card pocket full of sunshine was it is that oh, yeah i think it oh, is but... i think so wow maybe will Glove just has a motifs. has Natasha in his pocket so he can get those rights easy. Could be. Oh, they go way back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like I, I like I liked it overall mostly because Sidney Sweeney and Glenn Powell, I think, do have pretty strong chemistry. Yeah. And he's weirdly, I think, more actually at home in this rom com space. Than she's like ac- he's like action stuff what? top gun stuff no i thought i mean i thought he was really good in top gun i think it just like compared to sydney sweeney almost like they're both good but i would expect them to be kind of equally comfortable and for him it just kind of feels more natural i think i don't know i thought she was great i thought it was nice to see a lighter side of her because mm-hmm. i think most of the stuff we've watched are from her pretty heavy dramas what was that weird one we watched? The Watcher. The Voy. No. The Voy. Oh, yeah, the Voyeurs. Voyeurs? Yeah. The Voyeurs. With her and Justice Smith. And. Yeah. That was weird. Uh, reality. Is that the one? Yeah. She, oh, she's, she's great. great in that. That, yeah. But it, that's kind of heavy. Euphoria, obviously, it's one of the saddest, most depressing shows on television. I don't know if it's coming back. It is. Are we flashing forward to when they're all forty? They all, I'm pre- all of the actors have said, like, well, we've got to be flashing forward a few years at least. I should hope so. At least to college. Yeah, college is justifiable. Now. 
I thought it was. I thought like I wasn't so sure if she'd be able to sell it, but I think she really won me over in the kind of classic rom com girl gets into a, a situation where she's trying to impress the guy, but she. What happens to her? She gets water all over her mm-hmm. pants, and then she's got to try. She's trying to dry them in the hand dryer. I liked. I mean, I thought it. I thought she pulled it off. Yeah, I think the physical comedy was really strong. I mm-hmm. think it's more just, more just that I think he's just like found his oh, yeah, place here. And I, I think maybe it's because while they both have that classic thing, and thing that's blocking them, like yeah. for her it's this whole law school lie, and for him it's yeah. it's his dead mom, I guess. Um, who's I don't remember yeah. what his thing was. I, I think it's they spend more time on hers and like some of the stuff that doesn't work for me overall is well, just like this is his ex. Oh, so. well, yeah, that also. I think I think the I exes like... are the parts where I'm like, we know. Well, she's never interested in her ex really in this movie at all, which is interesting, but kind of removes some tension from that <laughs> where she's like. Hi. <laughs> I think the I think it's interesting though because I don't I don't want to see both of them interested in their exes. I think that would be boring. Whereas he is interested in his ex, she is not. It's more that it's more dealing with the conflict with her parents of them pushing her into being a lawyer and being with this guy that they really want her to be mm-hmm. with. That's more the central conflict, you know. Yeah. And like I think that just leads then into them when they pretend to be together for a lot of the movie to get people off their back. It works in different ways for both of them. Because mm-hmm. I think if you have the same motivation with their exes for both of them and, oh, we'll be together and make both of them jealous, I think that would be quite boring and repetitive. That's fair. I just, I guess just don't feel invested in a lot of that stuff and just think they're sometimes adding adding so much when all you really need is them there together and having obviously conflict but it's just i feel like they're smart enough to be aware of which of these are tropes and they try to subvert them by having like the the family be pretending also <laughs> and that yeah. that is funny but i just think they're trying to be clever to the at the cost of i think just focusing on the true rom-com of letting these two people fall in love and be funny mm-hmm. together i don't know i don't know though because i think that's kind of just classic big rom-com like this is like there's you know, a lot of, a lot more external stuff going on than just them, you know, because, like, uh, You've Got Mail is kind of similar in that they hate each other, but secretly they're actually talking to each other, but there's all this stuff with the bookstores and the, you know, the stuff going on. I think it all just kind of adds its own flavor to whatever movie it is. So, I mean, it's like, if you're going to set it at a wedding... You do need to have some family conflicts within it. Yeah, I, I, I certainly think 
conflict is good. Some of it is just for me. Like I, more authentic conflict, I could be, I could be up for, certainly. Like that's why I think the relationship between them works because, mm -hmm. yeah, we know that he just not really insulting her, but that's how she's gonna take it, and that sort of thing. I think that all works well. Um, same with like some of the big silly set pieces. But it's just a lot of the extraneous stuff where I'm like, oh, so her parents aren't even mad about the law school, you know. They they're, are. They're mad she didn't tell them. Yeah. But it's, I think there's just so much in here that's been done before, which I think has to be the case in all rom-coms, mm -hmm. you know, and most of the time it's enjoyable. But at the end of the day, Alana Wolpert and Will Gluck, I think, are good. But I, I do just have quite a high high bar, even with goofy rom-coms, in that I'm like, if you get me there, I'm, I'm expecting a lot. Okay, well, what would you do differently then? I think, okay. And Will Gluck, Alana, no shade. I did like your movie and I'm happy it's a hit. I think do something different with his ex. I don't think she was very good. Um, I think you you I think you're right that they obviously should have different objectives, but I think you could make Paxton. I don't remember the character's name. Feel a little bit more like a an obstacle in some way and a real person because I think for me he's just sort of hanging out and even if she doesn't really like him anymore in that way and has more of a brotherly thing towards him I wish we could see just a little bit more of maybe his perspective I think that makes her feel more real mm -hmm. um, and maybe just trimming some of the layers like the then it's clever but the late the late twist again where they're just pretending no, I like again. that that because that, that 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 like brings them back from their low point because it's I think it's I think it's clever that instead of them each individually going to their best friend and getting the talk mm -hmm. then the back to talk from their best friend that he overhears, you know, her sister and his best friend talking about how this whole thing was a mistake and they, they're ruining everything and this isn't, you know, it's this stressful, I don't like the way you're acting about all this. And I think that's a, a really interesting way to push them into making a choice into Act 3 to be nice to each other and then reconcile rather than, like, getting... I think it's I think it's a good way to subvert the, like... Oh, I talked to my best friend. My best friend's like, "You're being stupid. You gotta, you know." Well, no, I agree. I what I what I don't like is the the reveal after, just because I feel like that undercuts the the low point. Uh, because of the I don't what what's the set piece where they really mess up, like right, you know, that leads oh, into the that. Cake. Oh, they destroyed the wedding cake. Yeah, like I think that is a great sequence that is pretty earned screwball stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And then I think in the moment, the maybe we shouldn't have the wedding anymore line between the the two brides is like, oh, that's good. Yeah. It's just, I think there's, maybe for me, it's just the need to be clever of, oh, they were actually pretending. Clever, but but then it's like, well, but then they didn't really mess up and hurt the people they care about this, as badly. Yeah. That's true, but I think that's not necessarily the point at that at that time, because I think it's like they know they're being shitty and and acting out and ruining a lot of the wedding events. Mm-hmm. But what the point is 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 them realizing that they actually like each other, and so you know. The realization then that that too was orchestrated was, I think, more just uh, probably a callback to all the other times where it clearly they weren't being fooled at all. But I think then that pushes Glenn Powell into realizing like he could potentially lose her then, despite all the hijinks. Yeah, I mean that's that definitely thing. the function of it. Yeah, I think it's. Ultimately, for me, it's just uh, some of those things that do work are, I think, the cleverness, even in minimal ways, just sort of cuts at the the heart of it. Well, I don't know. This is one I think that we disagree on the most, on our, our views of it. Probably. Um, well, do you want to talk a little bit about what makes it? One of your tops of the year. I, I think I, I have. I, I think it's great. Um, I think it does a lot of fun things with rom-coms. It brings back a lot of like classic tropes and things you'd want to see in a rom-com. They're a great pairing that I think if they can do more, kind of like uh, you know, a Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan mm-hmm. uh, pairing, they could. Pro- they, I think they could do more. I imagine um, they probably will. I know, because they're both pretty big, so... Yeah. And if they can bring in good box office like this... Then... Yeah, they just need more money for the next one. Yeah. Because they had to make this, I think, on a moderate budget, mm. but now they're proven. They you know. could do it more. Will Gluck finally gets his blank check. <laughs> um, I, think, I think, in my opinion, when these kind of rom-coms do have uh, something they're based on, it tends to kind of already start at a higher level just because it's it's going off of something that likely has been proven to work <laughs> in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the other Shakespeare adaptations that we talked about, you know, you've got mail also based on shop around the corner, mm-hmm. you know. So I think when rom-coms are adapted in some way, they it kind of helps, I think the writer focus on the heart of it when, you know, some of the the broad beats are already kind of drawn out mm-hmm. for you there. Um, I don't know. It just made me really happy to watch, so I liked it a lot. Nice. Um, this movie has made, as mentioned, a lot of money, mm-hmm. and I'm interested to see what that leads to because... Yeah. The budget was 25. It's going to be closing in on around 150 worldwide. Mm-hmm. 
which is pretty huge. That's good for a, a rom com. Yeah, and it's gonna so finish. Does that qualify it for Bothell status? Uh, ab- absolutely. If it had opened even slightly higher, and I think you can partially blame uh, marketing <laughs> or the weird marketing. Yeah, like the fact that there were no jokes in the first trailer. Well, the, I watched the first trailer. It is weird. It, it it makes it feel like they're marketing some kind of Fifty Shades of Grey thing until the very end when it's like, oh, does she kick him it? in the balls? Yeah. But not kick him, no. But um, or grab. Yeah, it's that scene where. Oh yeah. And then, cause then at the end they show that scene, and you're like, "Is it a rom com or what is this?" So it it was very confusing marketing. Yeah, I would say it has an outside chance at hitting a hundred domestic, mm-hmm. which I would love to see one more movie from last year reach that number because migration just made it. Yeah. Otherwise, we might be might be done with movies technically released last year, crossing yeah. that milestone. But it's, What else would still be out? Um, there was no big uh, Marvel movie or... No, Aquaman movie. already made it past. Um, Wonka? Wonka is about to hit 200. Oh, wow. Um, the people are flocking. Yeah, to it's going to make like 600 Wonka. worldwide, which Jeez. is insane. Um, it's, it's going to make a lot more than Everybody Dune. just wants to know how that chocolate tea got to start. I guess so. Um, so I guess this would have to be the last one, because Colored Purple is officially out of that oh God. entirely. Is it gone? We didn't watch it. It's pretty much gone from theaters. Oh, no. Um, sadly. I should add that to my missed in theaters letterboxed oh. list, which is a useful list, actually. That is a useful list. Um... But the legs on this really haven't been seen since Greatest Showman. So I'm hopeful that it will lead to more attempts. I believe, well, No Hard Feelings was like the other similar, even though that's not exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. Did okay. Yeah. But I don't know. I think Sony's going to probably keep trying it. So I hope. That's cool. Sony's doing some good stuff right now. Yeah. I mean, they're the ones that might be able to bring back some superhero stuff. Maybe. Depending. I mean, because they're not saying that Madam Web and Craven are necessarily connected to anything. Right. So they're kind of, I think, taking, <laughs> weirdly, they're taking a chance on, like, standalone superhero movies. Right. Which haven't really been done in a, a long time. So yeah, that could be kind of interesting to see how those, how those do. Yeah, we'll see. I, cause like I'm excited for Madam Web, but I'm ready. Webheads, get ready. And fan favorite of this movie, yeah. Sydney Sweeney, she... is in Madam Web. Well, I'm I'm thinking part of the possibility of why this movie could make a hundred million domestic is Sony. If Sony does double features, well, I wonder if they can keep it into theaters so that it's officially the end of January. Yeah. If they can keep it through February, I mean, they might be able to pick up some with the with the Valentine's Day crowds. Oh, and they are re-releasing it with, oh, I think, like, with four minutes of extra material. I guess I'll just be seeing that <laughs> by myself. I would. I would see it again with an open mind, but I also feel I had a very open mind to begin with, so I, I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I'll go see it with four extra minutes. It's like when we went to see the release of Spider-Man, I had like two extra minutes of it. 
film or something. Yeah, they really promised something slight, a little bit different. And it was that. like <laughs> there was like one more scene or something. And almost none of it was with. Uh, oh yeah, Spidey's. It, was, yeah. it was JB Smoove riffing. Yeah, which is fine. But. Um, I wonder if, because I mean, obviously these two, they could try again, but I think they should also, like, okay, try Sydney Sweeney with, with Timmy, try, um, you know, get get Glenn Powell back with Zoe Deutsch should, for a, you know, I, I just, think him and Zoe Deutsch would be great. I don't know that. I don't know if I really buy Timmy as a a big rom com lead guy. Probably not, but I think but studios might as well try. Her and Huey? Who and Huey? Huey, Sweeney oh. Sweeney, and, oh, yeah. and Jack Quaid, a.k.a. Meg Ryan's son. He's yeah. destined for it. Yeah. Um, okay. Jack Quaid and uh, Chet Hanks. <laughs> that would be an interesting <laughs> one. Huh? You just don't know what you'd get down on film, I'm afraid, from no. Chet. <laughs> I would. I think I would be a bit fearful for Mr. Quaid's yeah. safety. Now, I'll say the only thing that doesn't make this a perfect five-star film for mm-hmm. me is that they did go with the cast lip-syncing during the to the song during the credits Not instead so of instead of what I probably what I always prefer, which is bloopers yes. during. If they had done bloopers during the credits, five stars. Absolutely. I think more movies should certainly do bloopers again, but it's... I think so. It's a little tough because we just simply aren't making the blooper movies. Here's the thing. If you show bloopers during Endgame, fascinating. I think they could have done it a few minutes into the credits, maybe. Well, they gotta do their seven different... Yeah little end scenes that they do but then after that they show bloopers and it's not the making of documentary they have on disney plus of those movies (laughs) it's the i want i want cast me i want mark ruffalo cracking up uh scarlett johansson on set i want them stuck in the rafters in their in their little wires going um is anyone gonna let me down from up here (laughs) I want Tom to... Holland's stuck upside upside down, and he's like, oh, guys, I'm not actually Spider-Man. Do you think he goes back to his English accent between takes or tries to keep the Peter voice? I feel like he probably just talks normal. I feel like I I haven't heard his method. I just, I, I don't even think it would be method necessarily, but if I were doing an accent in a movie, I feel like I'd have to try and keep it up if you're, you know, My thing right is, like, takes. if you're really good at accents, I don't think it's an issue. I feel like Probably. I didn't know he was British until this last movie, and I, I couldn't quite comprehend that he wasn't a American. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas there's some people that maybe should try to do it all the time. Sorry, Miss Blunt, but... Not always with her, but an Oppenheimer, yeah. I think... She's not great at an American accent. She, I'm trying to, well, I think sometimes I think she maybe did, but I'm just thinking, think oh, she had an English, but I don't remember. She's always good, but the accent sometimes, maybe she should continue in between takes. Yeah, she's, well, she's English in five-year engagement. In Devil Wears Prada, she's English. Um, 
What about in Edge, Edge of Tomorrow? Tomorrow? I think she's American, and I remember that. Does she talk very much though in that movie? Well, she does, but it's not a um, it's not a strong accent. It's just sort of like a tough voice. Yeah. When I think she has to do a specific kind of accent, sometimes she's better. But an Oppenheimer, what was she supposed to be? Southern or something? I think slightly at least. I'm sorry, Miss Blunt. She does a similar accent in um, Luther. So we have that to look forward to. And I cannot wait to be distracted. (laughs) Well, have we decided which. You can decide right now. Okay. Which of the last two. What are the the two we have left? Oh, left? So we have three more. (laughs) <laughs> this okay. is a long series. Yeah. This is going to take us into Feb- April. <laughs> April showers? Well, from end of January to April, there's only three more weeks. That's um, so crazy. Next up on this podcast is the other Sony hit of the year, No Hard Feelings, starring Jennifer Lawrence. Ah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, we hope you keep on laughing. And hey, go watch this movie in theater. See if you can get it to spike again. Get it to 100. Yeah, how close is it? Well, right now, it's a little over 70. Mm-hmm. But it's very hard to predict because it hasn't followed really any <laughs> predictable model that you can use. Yeah. So it's very hard to say. Well, only time will tell. Only... I know, I'll be playing my part when it's re-released. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is here, it doesn't even need a re-release because it's still, it's still at weird. all of these theaters. Wonderful. Well, we'll see you next time. Bye.